Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Scoring was a little bit back to normal last week where some more well, highly fancy guns got back to doing what they do best. Some good scoring across the board there. So maybe all is not out at sea for Supercoach in 2022. JT here and I'm joined by a special guest this week because our usual, or my usual co-host Lakey is under the weather, Stylesy. Adam Styles, how are you, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Um, just trying to scramble and look at some of these team lists as Lakey's a emergency for this round. So um, be interesting to see how we go. So that is very, very late mail then. Yeah. <laughs> oh, late mail. I don't even look at stuff until uh, Wednesday afternoon. I'm in all sorts looking at actual team lists. You said you're at the gym beforehand. That wouldn't have anything to do with the dire performance of Broncos. And you've got the Broncos shirt on. How good. I do have anything. The to training do shirt. Mate, <laughs> <laughs> we'd likely to see you on the wing anytime soon. Actually, you're very high. I reckon you might have been able to catch some of those bombs that went out to Nano's edge. Yeah, um, I'd be one of those Daniel Tupo sort of just giraffey sort of wingers just snatching balls out of the air, but I don't know. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm uh, not far away from a call-up. Love that. The gazelles on the wings, Oats and Styles. love that. It's a uh, play for the later in the year, Wooden Spoon, love it. Um, well, welcome on. I know you're uh, a very late call-up, so much appreciate you coming on board, and uh, I'm sure everyone out there loves hearing your voice as well. Uh, it's not long that uh, we'll have you around, so I think what do you do to jet away when are you, when are you going to canada uh easter weekend so we go on Oof. that um easter monday so not far now uh, three just under three weeks away Jeez, lakey getting his sick days out of the way early uh hopefully in time for you <laughs> departing and him taking the reins on the twitter handle so looking forward to that well uh, when, but- I, when i said i'd fill in for him on the pot he said oh thanks mate i owe you i'm like no it's coming it's coming in a couple of weeks <laughs> <laughs> Oh, mate, it's a full-time job. I saw it in action, actually, on Saturday night where uh, a few of the boys caught up together at the Bounder Hotel in West End. That was a uh, blast from the past, that one. Pretty good spot there. But, yeah, good to see a few of you guys out and about. Um, I think your Twitter duties were done by the time you got in there. Yeah, I um, had a baby shower before that, so uh, I got it all out of the way and then rocked up uh, <laughs> well late based on when everyone else got there. But, yeah, it was a good night. Had yourself, Lakey, Wilfred, and um, Joe Fitz, so... Yeah, yeah, good, no, it was, good fun. Certainly was. I think by the time you left, Lakey and I had um, pink drinks in our hand and were getting um, <laughs> cutting some shapes, some pretty uh, misshapen shapes on the dance floor. But uh, probably good that you left at that point. <laughs> well, I was around for long enough to see Lakey go up to the um, the live um, the live band. Or well, it was just one guy and um, request <laughs> live at the outpost, <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't know what it was. <laughs> I mean, how do you not know that? Disgraceful. <laughs> Absolutely was. And nonetheless, good, fun night. I uh, got to see some good footy, as we said, a lot of uh, high point scoring across the weekend. Uh, before we get into this week, how did you guys fare? How did um, 
your super coach side go this week or last week? Yeah, I had a bounce back week. I had a couple of middling uh, first couple of weeks. I uh, scored 11.68 and that was without Hines. So I was pretty happy with that. Um, got a, <laughs> I rose 22,000 in the ranks. So I'm about 10K oh, now and charging <laughs> after I was starting pretty low down, like uh, I think a lot of people are. Well, Wilf and Joe Fitz, who were at the, at the bounder, were saying how low they were scoring. And then, I mean, that was 60,000, 70,000 or whatever. And in the space of one week, they're up to 20, 30K, I'm pretty sure. So it just goes to show it's not, uh, you're not out of the woods just yet if you are in a pretty lowly spot. I think one good week turns it all around. So like you took tens of thousands of spots. So all is not lost. I think, um, yeah, we're doing, a, I think, out at 11.90 without Heinz as well. That was a bit painful. Thought the week was over on Thursday when we saw Hines somehow in the wet go through for a hundred odd points, but uh, how glorious did he look in the wet? Uh, yeah, that's a uh, the hair was flowing. It was uh, no, he looked absolutely brilliant out there and kind of kicking myself. But you got to move on. You can't win them all. But um, yeah, a lot of other good guys going well. Uh, Matto, not Matto. Cam Murray, jeez, Matto, he's long gone. Uh, Cam Murray, uh, very well for my team. They're 130 odd points. That was a wild old night. Um, and then, yeah, a few other good guns out and about. So, not a bad round at all, all things considered. This round, though, it's a really interesting one for trades. Uh, I don't know about you, but I used my trade boost last week, and a lot of people did. And now they're wondering, should we go back up again? Uh, before we run into the the uh, itinerary for this week's pod, just a quick one on trade boost. Is it wrong to use two so early in the year? Uh, it depends on what your goal is. Like we're still sort of in that stage where you can fix up a couple of mistakes before those prices really get out of hand. So as long as you have a legitimate plan and you're not just burning them for the sake of it, um, I mm. think it's okay. I think I've seen some people who are yeah definitely using two um you just got to make sure you're not just rage trading guys and falling into the trap um that we do every season of just you want the flavor of the week or whatever um so make sure you you have a plan because they're going to run out real quick <laughs> certainly uh i mean i think you've got to save 11 trades this year so i think we did the maths last week and no one's thrown no one's corrected us on that so far so if we were wrong let us know uh but we reckon you've got to save 11 throughout the season so yeah, if you haven't saved too many to start the season, it might be worth having to think about it over the next couple of weeks and just how important some of these are. It's, as we know, it's a long season. We get into the back stretch, and that's where all the shit hits the fan every single year. I'm guessing the 11s are uh, assuming that you do five trade boosts. Yes, yeah. it certainly is. Here you go. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'll let you crunch the numbers on that and get back to me, anyone else out there. <laughs> but that's where I think we've got to land. If you use all five trade boosts, as we all expect, you need to save 11 trades. So there you go. Uh, this week, it's a, as we said, an interesting week. Uh, we'll go through the headlines from Teamless Tuesday today. Uh, I'll talk about whether it's too late to go for some of the guys that maybe we missed the boat on last week, if you're like us, uh, Nico Hines and Joshy King. Uh, then we'll talk about whether it's worth going early on a cheapy Taylor made of flavour of the week, but still only one game into his season. Rage trade time, as you said, it's a uh, yeah hot topic for a lot of people. There's a lot of underperforming guys out there that a lot of us are looking to move on from early. We'll talk about some of them. Some guns that are rearing their heads. They had a big week last week. Uh, Cam Munster, Jordan Rappiner, Cam Murray, Isaiah Papali'i, four that I've picked out as uh, having so much bounce back games, but just reaffirming their status at that gun level. So we'll chat about some of those. Uh, whether they're traps or whether they're good, there's a few guys that have, uh, I don't know, they're sort of on the bubble. They're catching the eye, but is it just flash in the pan? We'll talk about some of those. 
And then we'll round it out with our captains and reserve calls for this week. So, uh, Styles, a lot to get through. Uh, you've done five minutes of analysis. Uh, it's probably more than anything I do. <laughs> That's generous. <laughs> <laughs> you're the late mail guy. You're not the early mail. So there we go. We'll uh, change it up for this week. A lot to get through. I'm sure we'll get there. Let's start at the top with the TLT headlines. So any listeners who listened to last week's pod will know we no longer go through the head, the game by games. That takes forever. So we've narrowed it down to some of the headlines because I'm sure Lakey's team's analysis, it's on the site, and that's for your uh, source for all things Teamless Tuesday info. So I've picked out some headlines here. Number one, Nathan Cleary is back. So he is obviously a uh, hugely popular super coach player. He starts the season so expensive. It's probably not worth having a look at. But for, for me, Styles, are you having a chance now sort of four rounds in, to see how he settles in is very handy, I think, for Supercoach. Uh, would you be jumping on him this early, given the shoulder issues and, and all that, and given the way scoring's panning out this year? I personally couldn't, and I was big on the Cleary train in the preseason. I had him in my team all preseason until he got ruled mm. out, so a uh, big fan of his. Um, apart from, like, Hines is obviously killing it, but scores are down across the board. Last week was a bit of a bounce back coming off that shoulder injury, um, I definitely want to wait and see how that pans out, particularly uh, if you're like me and you've brought in the likes of Dave Fafita and a couple of these high-priced guys and they're just hemorrhaging cash. Um, I definitely want to see how he goes. And we, we get a few free looks at him. Like, obviously, you miss the points if he goes big, but you're not going to miss the, any price rise. Well, hopefully not price rises from nearly a million, but um, you don't have to do anything price-wise with him uh, for a couple of rounds. So obviously the, the big talk is around Turbo and how much he's lost in terms of value so early in the season and looking like with a, I think, 240-odd break even this week that it's much of the same due his way. Do you expect Nathan Cleary to trend downwards as well? It's a big ask, I think, uh, based on what we've seen so far to keep that value. So do you suspect he's a guy that we can maybe flip a Nico Hines up or run a Hines-Cleary combo? Is that going to be the, uh, the outcome we all aim for? At this stage, I think... Without having seen Cleary, Hines and Cleary sounds like a great end game halfback um, goal. <laughs> so yep. um, I can't see many scenarios where he sustains that out of the gates, particularly since I've nursed him back a bit from injury. Um, you'd assume he's named to start. He's not on the extended bench, so you'd have to think he's good to go. But I definitely want to see how he performs with these uh, change rules in this uh, what seems like another new environment because um, that's a, a huge price tag to maintain. Yep. Certainly is. I guess in his court, Manly have been terrible to start the season, whereas Penrith are the only undefeated team. So he's stepping into a side in pretty good form. So don't suspect it'll take too long for him to bounce back. Uh, second one, I've got Jerome Momosia. He's still benched with Brody Jones coming back from injury to replace Mitch Barnett, who's at the judiciary as we speak. So that could be uh, uh, anywhere. That, that just came in and uh, Barnett got six matches. Ooh, that's unders. I thought, given the um, fact it was referred straight there, it might not be, um, might not be seen for a couple of months, if not more, but uh, six matches, there you go. Yeah, I guess the remorse factor played a part there. But uh, nonetheless, for teamless news, this is not what you wanted to see. But in the long run, maybe Mamasia still on the bench there and he's still so low price. He's scoring nothing, but it takes one week where he's named or comes on and scores a try. So... Well, it's not lost for owners there, but I think they were hoping that he got the nod ahead of Brody Jones, but not to be. Uh, for the Storm, Xavier Coates, he's back. Hamstring injury last week ruled him out. 
And Harry Grant, fresh back from COVID. Interesting one here with Brandon Smith being named in the 14 jersey and Josh King still lives, lives on at lock. Uh, what did you make of that news there? Does this mean we're likely to see Grant eased uh, in minutes and same with Brandon Smith or is it a reward for Josh King performing so well to start the year? Yeah, I, I'm reading it as a bit of a reward. Like I think a lot of us expected Cheese to start at lock. Um, mm. Not sure how much of that was just us super coaches uh, wishing that into reality. But, um, yeah, King's been playing really well. Uh, his minutes are obviously going to go down because they've got to um, accommodate extra players now. Um, yeah, it's it's a bit – I'd have to see it, I guess. Um, I think Cheese could spell Grant a bit at uh, hooker, but he could sort of flip back and forth between those positions. But I know from previous seasons – Smith wants to just play a set position because the body composition for hooker and lock are very different, and that's how he was getting hurt. He was undersized for lock, um, and, yeah, so I'm not sure how he personally sees that, but he's on the way out any- anyway, I guess, so they're just going to plug him in where he needs to go. Mm. But, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one for sure. Yeah, it's definitely worth a watch. I mean, Harry Grant will just do stuff. You can give him 20 minutes out there and he'd still um school 50 but uh yeah interesting one for king and brandon smith so looking forward to seeing how that plays out next on the list uh ryan madison the guy i confused with cam murray earlier and angus Crichton both named on the bench so matter returning from a hamstring injury so Crichton, yeah it's sort of ruling him out immediately like red lights flashing need to get him out he had a dreadful game last week and matto i mean in one Good perspective here. He's going to lose a bit of value and maybe look at a play later in the season. Had a pretty bad round one uh, where I had him in my side, but uh, hopefully with a, a few stints off the bench, he loses some cash. And I didn't put this one on the run sheet that I sent to you, mate, but is your stake bet done and dusted right now? Oh, I'm not feeling good about it. Um, it's it's hard for Hetherington to uh, get suspended when he's out hurt, um, which is what Lakey was sweating bullets on when um, TBJ missed that first round and Hetherington got um, binned or I can't even remember now in that it's first been. few minutes of the game. I was feeling pretty good, but, uh, yeah, he's he's out. Um, so I'm feeling very exposed on that one. Is that pretty much the, the season for him? I did see there was talk uh, Hetherington might not make it back this year. Yeah, I think it's long-term. I'd have to double-check the actual extent of it. But, um, yeah, I think I'm I'm out of the race. And, no. Unless TBJ somehow doesn't get suspended for the season, we might be able to roll it over or something. But uh, definitely not feeling good about it. That could be the longest stake bet of all time. If TPJ makes it without being suspended in the entire season, that would mean we're going into next year with you guys still having not decided a stake. So, I don't know. It's going to be pretty fascinating watching. I'm, I think, grasping, um... I'm just grasping at the stage. <laughs> I think if it does go to next year, you guys have got to go to like $200 stakes or something like that. I'm presuming you're just going to take him for a crumb stake uh, somewhere, 10, 15 bucks max, uh, maybe a side of chips there. But I think if Wait, it goes to next year. Didn't, um, what was that place that used to do those $2 stakes in the Valley? The Fox. Yeah, um, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. South yeah. Brisbane. Yeah. It was a, uh, I don't. Think yeah, South Brisbane. Helped. Sorry. Yeah. I don't think health and safety allows that anymore. I don't know. That were the finest cuts of meat, but there you go. That's uh, a shame. Um, it's, it's going to be a good watch for Lakey each week. I mean, TPJ is just a loose cannon, so surely can't make it through the season, but what a fun ride that could be. Um, my stake bet with Lakey as well, I thought it was sewn, uh, done and dusted, and then 
the Momosia thing with Mitch Barnett, thankfully, sort of plays out okay for me there. But then Andrew Fafita getting binned uh, with like five minutes to go in his game. Like, you don't have a lot of points to lose, champion. So, I don't know. I think I'm still comfortably in the lead with a couple of weeks to go. But Lakey, geez, if Momo gets a run, could be doubling up in stakes. Uh, that's it for Team List Tuesday news. So, let's get into some of the hot topics of the round. And we'll start at the top with... Is it too late? I've got a couple of guys here that that question's being asked about. We'll start with Nico Hines. Huge game last week. Uh, big price rise for him. He now sits pretty expensively, but looking the goods with three really good games back to back to back. Uh, is it too late to get onto him, Styles? Uh, Price-wise, no. His break, well, it's high now, obviously, but his break even, I think, is around 10 or 12 or something like that. So, um, you can still get on before that um, gets out of hand. Um, the Sharks still have a good run, so it's not like he's capitalised on a soft run and then he's coming into a tough patch. So, um, And I think the Sharks play the first bye. Um, I, oh, no, they don't. Rip that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think it's too late uh, for him, but I think you'd want to get on now uh, if you're going to hop on for sure. And I was having flashbacks. Remember that season Corey Norman just gunned it out of the gates and everyone got on him and then he just did absolutely nothing for the rest of the year. Um, Hines has just looked great. Like uh, he's passed the eye test. He's got a hand in everything, Um, kicking goals, good draw coming up. Uh, I, I think he's still on. The Norman Hines comparison. <laughs> That's it. I was just thinking of halves that brained it out of the gates and we hopped on and then they did nothing. I'm just I don't think he's that. I think yeah. he's uh I think he's here to stay. Maybe maybe not averaging what he is now, but uh I think he's still gonna be one of the top options at the position. That's yeah, just everything going through his hands at the Sharks as well. Like he's taken no time to settle in. Like it's not just been a couple of big plays or anything like that. I mean his goal kicking's not been flash either, so I mean that's not Kick, uh, contributing too much to him, but I think he just gets involved and he wants to prove himself. So I think attitude and everything's ticking the box. In terms of super coach, yeah, you've missed a 60K hit, but at the end of the day, like you'll make that up in one week with a good cheapie, Brad Schneider, whoever like that is going to make you that value anyway. So it's not really, a, I don't think, a something you can just ignore now and, and you know, take an L and move on. It's a, it's a strange one for me though, because I'm, I'm not going him. Uh, I know you don't, or do you have him? I don't have him, but I. when we get to our next mate, um, Kingy, uh, I pivoted last week to free up cash to get him in, so I've kind of got to do that now. <laughs> yep. Okay. So, yeah, for me, I've got a couple of good halves that have done pretty well in Toby Sexton and Jerome oh, Lua. So just on last week, rate your anger on a scale of <laughs> 1 to 10 when, um, when that try got disallowed. What even happened then? They, he borrowed over and looked for all money, well, my money. That <laughs> you, you were filthy. You were straight in the Young Legends chat, just tagging thanks to justice for Toby. <laughs> that didn't get much traction. I think Lakey threw that out there. Oh, no, um, it was Lakey on your behalf. That's right. <laughs> but then I immediately bounced in. Uh, it's one of those ones, hey, I would have bumped him up to like a 100 score. But anyway, he had a 65 last week. Jerome Luai, my other half's partner, had a 75. So end of the day, it's not crisis. I don't have, uh, you know, absolute flops sitting in there at the moment. So I'm not feeling the rush to move him on. Obviously, there's a points gap with Nico Himes there. But I think for the cash gap that they both currently have, points per um, dollar, I think they're doing okay. So I'm happy to sit on Nico for now. 
Uh, the next one, as you mentioned, Josh King, he's obviously had a win with that team with Tuesday news. What do you sort of need out of him minutes-wise going forward? So I think the negative break-even is still there, so he's still going to make a stack of cash from him. Long-term, I think, you, I don't know, from here he's 326K. What do you see his uh, peak being? Assuming that he doesn't get the weird trices that he got last week, assuming back to like a, I don't know, 40-50 average. Yeah, um, minutes-wise, like, he's the kind of guy where if his minutes go down, his PPM should go up. And I think pre-season we were talking about him being in that Kamakameiko role where he's getting sort of 40, 45 minutes off the bench, but obviously he's maintained a starting position. So I think that would be realistic. Um, If he keeps up his current pace, I think he'll make it into sort of the mid mid 400s so a decent price rise if you're bringing him in now uh see priced at now 320 yeah there's still a bit of money to be made Mm. i think if he keeps up his current rate um i'm a little bit filthy i I skipped him like i said i skipped him first round because his ppm was dreadful uh and i wanted to see that improve with um cheese coming back then his ppm was good the second game but i had planned i had him in and then when I realized I probably needed Heinz, I actually pivoted using that new post uh, lockout. You can still update your trades, which has been a godsend. Yep. Um, brought in Lakey's mate, Leo Thompson, instead uh, to free up that cash that I was going to use this week. And then he obviously went on and killed it. So I'm a bit upset there. But yeah, there's still money to be made. I think he's still going to score pretty well. But obviously, you've missed the boat on that cheaper price and he's into the 300K range now. I'm going to blame Lakey as well because I brought in Matt Eisenhuth over Josh <laughs> last week on his recommendation. In fairness, I made the call. But, uh, yeah, bloody hell, Lakey, get your uh, get your advice right. But Eisenhuth was rubbish. Josh King throwing offloads for triasis. It was a wild old game. But I think on our point there, is it too late? No, it's not. They've made a bit of cash, but it's not the end of the world. There's plenty of cash out there to be made. Move to the next topic. This might be a quick one as well. Go early on a cheapie. Uh, the golden rule not to do. Taylor May, huge start to his uh, 2022 season last week. Three tries. He was all amongst it for the Panthers out on the, that uh, pretty well-favoured right edge for them. So any anywhere other than Charlie Staines is where you want to be. Sorry, left edge. Um, so, yeah, he had a cracking game, 106 points. No, not going to rise in price until the week after next. So uh, is it too early to be jumping on him? Uh, If you want the scores, no. Like, it's weird to say about a cheapie where you go, well, if you want his score this week, bring him in. Um, Normally it's going to be a bottom dollar guy who you're happy with 30 for, but he looks incredible. Um, Mm. Panthers are playing South. South looked a lot better last round, but they haven't been the best team to kick off the season. Um, so, and and if you're freeing up cash to use maybe in a Heinz upgrade or an upgrade elsewhere, um, I can definitely see the merit in it as well. You'd rather bring him, him a week early to free up cash than bringing in maybe a coin toss sort of cheaper guy or someone you're not real sure of. At least, you know, barring injury, he's going to be there for that five to six weeks and he's going to have an enormous negative break even. So he's going to make a lot of cash. And as you said, like the, if you're bringing him in to play this week, then absolutely, if you think he's going to profit being on that edge and up against the bunnies, they've been a bit leaky. But With Cleary back. Yeah, there you go. So, I mean, a lot of boxes being ticked. Could be another good game by Penrith. So I don't think you're losing out too much. I mean, end of the world, he gets injured, which is, you know, obviously no one wants that. 
and you have to move him on anyway. But at 250K, we do always say wait another week for a cheapie, but I think maybe the time is right this week. I mean, I'm pulling the trigger and I'm playing him straight up. So Same. That edge with Tago, um, you also got Luai out there as well. Um, Billy kicks like it's there's a lot going on out there. A lot of points to be had. That's where they're going. How about like poor old Charlie Staines? He's catching colds out there. Thank Christ we're not playing him again. It's, yeah. yeah. Well, if if May brains it like when Tor's back, do you just move him out to Staines's edge and get rid of him? Yeah, poor old Charles. I don't know. I don't know if he's, he's long for the world. Great player, but. Supercoach not doing his job. But uh, anyway, for the sake of going early on a cheapie, a lot of people are doing it. I don't see any issue with that this week. Well, if you're going to play him, yes. If you're not going to play him, maybe wait. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> great call. Right, right over the sound grab, right over the sound yeah. grab. <laughs> that great old cheer sound grab that we've got there. Uh, last one before we go to a break, uh, rage trade time. So a lot of players, as we said this week, are rage trade targets. Been underperforming since basically the start of the year, and the teams are getting sick of them. They jettisoned a few last week. It's time to do it again, or is it? Uh, chat through a few ones that are getting rage traded. Luke Keary, right at the top there. Uh, Ethan Bullymore, Amone, Crichton, Stags, Sloan, uh, Ilias, and then a, sort of a strange one, but Dave Fafita, seeing a lot of people keen to move him on just because of that price tag. So a lot to get through there. Let's start at Luke Keary in the halves. He's number one trade-out for this week. Roosters have been uh, hot and cold, mostly cold, but they are playing the Cowboys in a daytime game. Is it too early to move Keary on? You just haven't liked what you've seen. Uh, I wasn't big on Keary going into the season, so I haven't paid too much attention to him, um, to be honest. But see, averaging like high 30s or something um their draw yeah they've got their draw does open up a lot and this might be sort of merging on sam walker chat as well um i think i i'm a walker owner and i haven't really liked his output either um the draw opens up so they they've got cowboys uh broncos that so that'll be a very tough game um but after that they've got warriors um dragons Dogs, Titans, Eagles. Dogs, Titans, yeah. That's a, that's a good point. And that's what I think the rage trade you need to really consider. Um, and as you said, a lot of people were tossing up between Walker and Kiri at the start of the season. I think the reason you might have gone Walker is because he's goal kicking. Um, and yeah, goal kicking, higher ceiling. Um, yep. And based on the number on his back, he's prime candidate to uh, pick up a dual position 5-8th in the round six review. Um, so he could be a halfback 5-8th in a couple of weeks' time, which could be pretty important. Um, but he's definitely not done much so far. I know we're talking about Cleary and I've kind of made it about Sam Walker, but you can kind of put him in the same category where they've definitely underperformed. Uh, but both have a decent draw coming up. Um yeah. <laughs> average 39 and average 4. So Walker averages 41, Kiri 39. I think, I mean, my point earlier was I'm holding off Nico Hines just because the halves I've got are doing okay. But I think, as we've said, Nico is so far and above some of the other guys in this um, half spot that it's going to be tough to keep some underperformance. So I think if you're looking at the Roosters and not thinking that they're the same team of old, uh, despite that run going forward, I think now's the time. If you can find the cash, that's a lot of cash, 240-odd K for both those guys, uh, even more for Kiri, but a lot of cash to flip them up to Hines. But I think that's the play if you can make it. I don't really mm. see, I mean, averages of 40 in the halves. It's not great, 
Yeah. Um, I'll be doing that trade. I'll be going Walker to Hines. And yep. like I said, I kind of committed to doing that when I um, brought in Thompson, when I got rid of Kings to have that cash ready to go. So I feel pretty comfortable with that. Get prepared for them to go ton up against the Mighty Cowboys though. So I yep. mean, that's just that's just rage trade stuff right there. That's why we call them rage trades because they always come back to bite us and make us even angrier. Uh, so that's him. Ethan Bullymore, maybe not too much time on him. Thankfully, we got it right with him at the start. I thought Trap right mm. then and there. He had one big play where Turbo put him through the line and he scored. He's reverted back to the bench. He's getting no minutes. He's not long for the world um, in terms of super coach or NRL even with a few guys coming back. So I think time is right to move him on. He's made nothing. He's made 3.6K. Oh, there you go. And... That's with his try in round one, uh, and his break even this round is fifty-eight. Yeah, I think safe to say, no point holding on to him. The, the, there's no light at the end of that tunnel. Uh, no issue with that trade. Um, Amono is an interesting one. He's one that I was looking at to move on this week, and a few people are. He's had a, a tough stretch of it. They've hidden him at hooker at parts during the game. He's not heavily involved, therefore, in attack. Uh, defense, you're not going to you know bank huge amounts of points. A guy his size, so not scoring a lot of points, but his break even is not too bad at just 24. Um, is it worth trading him out, or is he just a guy we park on the non-playing reserves and hope he darts over for a try at some point? Yeah, um, I think this would be a lot of people going him to Tayland May. Um, mm. It doesn't. It's not going to free up much cash. He does. He should still make money. And the thing with the Dragons draw, they had a decent first matchup against the Warriors, which they won. Then they had the Panthers and the Sharks, who are good. Their opening draw is dreadful, but it opens up in a few rounds. So they got the Eels this week, uh, then the Rabbitohs. So he'll probably not go too well in those games. Um, then they've got Knights, Rooster, yeah. Bit of a, bit it's a tough draw comes up. That's not good. It, when it does open up, though, it opens up for the rest of the season. Was where I was kind of going with that, and I'm just doing some live live scrolling on the, the matchups there to to figure it out. But um, I'm just going to park him. I'm just going to keep him around for a bit, see if he does anything. Yeah, I mean, we talked about Talon May being a play this week, and you're 17, so I don't see too. Uh, bigger deal if you have to move a mono on. Um, for me, I've moved on. Another guy who maybe we walk to now, and that's Katoni Staggs. He's a guy that I was yeah pretty disappointed with last week. He looked okay at parts in that game and looked to be able to create something, but then it's just error after error after error. And that's been a story of his year. It's been a tough welcome back to the NRL for him. Not a lot going right with that Cobo combination. Uh, is there light at the end of that tunnel? I'm annoyed to have to trade him out, but for cash purposes, I've moved him on this week, as a lot of people are. Uh, yeah, What do you see coming for Katoni for the rest of the year? You have to think he bounces back at some stage, but all the action has been going down the side of Herbie, the tri-bug. Um, he's just been... <laughs> He, he Herbie's been what we thought Stags was going to be, um, yep. and they've just sent all the action his way. He's looked fantastic, um, whereas, yeah, as we heard about a million times, depending on what coverage you watched, um, he isn't going to look for the ball. He's just sort of hanging back, waiting. You have to think he turns it around at some stage based on his form, but I don't think he can really hang around and wait for that based on what we've seen so far. 
Yeah, I think, again, he's not scoring big points, but it looks like he's just like one good pass away from a try assist, which is going to bump him up you know, a great deal. But I think for what we've seen, there's a lot of errors in his game. And for the sake of just making a trade now and, and bringing in some more important guys, I'm happy not to play him or keep him around. You know, if he does kill it later on in the year, I think uh, once he gets the errors out of his game, I think it'll be worth bringing in. But uh, for now, I'm a little bit annoyed to have to move him on. He's done nothing for me in three games, but it's a rage trade and I'm making it this week. Um, a couple of guys here that we've spoken about already, um, or one of them anyway, Angus Crichton. I think a lot of people are moving him on. No issue with that. No, got to go. I traded him out last week and he's on the bench again, so don't have high hopes for him. Yep, so much cash. They're tied up to you need to move those sort of guys on. Uh, Sloan, so another Dragon's name that I always get confused. But uh, Tyrell Sloan, so I see a few people moving him on and, and a little bit disappointed with his output. Probably not one that most people started with. I think he was in that 450-odd K price tag. But uh, just like the Dragon's been a bit flat, um, he's had one big score at the start of the season and 26 and 26 again last week. So uh, 438K, center wing slash fullback. Is it time to move him on? Yeah, I had the Dragons in the Mega Guide and I thought he was overpriced, particularly with that draw. Um, he scored well in the first game where he had a good matchup, poor in the not good matchups. And as we just talked about with Amorne, he's got a dud run coming up. So I think it's maybe time to part ways, but potentially look at him when they hit that open stretch uh, towards the middle part of the season. But um, yeah, I, I don't think there's much on the horizon for him in the next few weeks at least. 23,000 owners, so yeah, cool. a, lot, a lot more than I thought. That's 17% of the comp that own him, so there you go. It is quite a high number. So That's not- way more than what I... They probably just saw a fullback starting at centre wing, potentially. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, not an ideal outcome for them, but uh, anyhow, it's, I think at that price, there's a lot of good guys, as we've spoken about, to move on, so not the end of the world. Uh, Lachlan Ilias, just quickly on him, he's still... Just churning away. Bunnies had a bounce back effort last week. Um, he's still not scoring overly well. Twenty five point average. Two hundred and thirty k. There's not a lot to move him around, and I don't really see a need to. You've got to have some NPRs. He might as well be one of them. Yeah, exactly. Like, who are you going to sell him to? Unless for some reason you had him at halfback and didn't don't have Schneider, and you need to get him in for someone. Um, but there's not really anywhere to go with him. Souths. Uh, draw's going to open up pretty soon as well, uh, and he should be a bit of a beneficiary there, but he, he hasn't done anything and he's still making a little bit of money, so hopefully he can put on some try assists or do something to spark a bit of a price rise and we can flip him. You're all over the draws in the coming months, mate. You're going to be in Canada. Are you actually going to be following along? Absolutely not. I'm going to go full Kirk up mode and just look at <laughs> the most traded in players not in my team and act accordingly, I think. There's going to be some interesting stuff going on in the uh, turnstiles. Subscribe to uh, Daniel Lake on Twitter to make sure all those last-minute updates that you save us on are coming fresh there. Uh, one to round us out here on this Rage Trade topic, and that's Dave Fafita. So not a lot of love for him from owners so far this season. He still averages 62. So for me, I've been quite happy not owning him, given he hasn't set the world on fire. But what are you as an owner thinking? Everyone around the table actually captained him on Saturday night. It was fantastic um, for me. And then, I mean, he's not doing anything, but he's still scoring. He's like one or two good plays away from absolutely killing it. So as an owner, uh, is there any point in rage trading this guy? I know he's highly priced, but he's just a season-long hold, isn't he? 
Yeah, exactly. And like what you said, I'm, am I happy I started with him? Probably not in the grand scheme of things, but I've got him. He's not doing, he's not putting up 40s or that. He's still averaging over 60, doing pretty much nothing. Um, yeah. So I'm happy to just wait for the tries when they'll, they'll come, right? He's not going to go. He's the got the Tigers season. this week. The yeah. Tigers. So, I mean, you guys all captain him against the Raiders last week. Are you, you going to do it again? Potentially, although they, they they turned up last week, I um um thought they were going to go pretty awful, but they they didn't do too bad. Um, the Raiders or the Tigers? Tigers. Uh, okay. Oh, or am I misremembering here? I've had a pretty good weekend. <laughs> I mean, they did okay. They only conceded sixteen points, but fair to say the fans weren't happy. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, sixteen twelve. I thought they were going to get pumped based on yeah. all their outs and that. So that's they lost, but that's not too bad. But People's big thing with Fafita is the cash loss. He's lost 38k so far, which like it's not a small amount, but it's not like 100k or something. And looking at his break even 99, then it goes into the 70s. So it's kind of there or thereabouts. I don't think he's going to drop too much else. So um, I reckon you just ride it out, to be honest, if you've got him. Yeah, he's got about a thousand odd trade outs, 150 of them as of tonight uh, to Cam Murray. So, I don't know, potentially a little bit sideways there. Murray himself is only just coming off one really good score. So, anyhow, I think uh, hold fire on Dave Fafita. You're not, um, not an urgent trade-out just yet. He will come good, as we said. All right, uh, St- I almost called you lucky. Stylesy, let's have a quick break here and come back, round out with guns that are rearing their ugly heads. Traps all good and captain's reserved. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. wanted to play us back with that one that unfortunately didn't make its way into the repertoire at the Bounder Hotel, but I'm sure they'll improve. Uh, guns, mate, guns that are rearing their heads. I've got a couple of names here that have uh, really stood up, whether it's last week or a couple of weeks running now. Uh, Cam Munster, Jordan Rappiner at centre wing, Cam Murray, who we just spoke about, and Isaiah Papali'i, uh, all in different positions, so all of interest. Cam Munster, 121 Last week, he has been pretty impressive in a relatively stop-start season for the Melbourne Storm. Uh, he, we're all talking about Nico Hines, but he's a sneaky one, I think. Here, he looks raring to go. Shit haircut on the. the oh, that was disgusting. That was yeah. <laughs> that was quite something. Put Jai Arrow's mullet to shame, and that's a big statement. Oh, I'd love to see if he's actually going to run with that. I don't think he will, but uh, anyway, who knows with NRL players, but. 
Cam Munster, he's had two games thus far, last two weeks in a row, 74 and a 121 golden point assisted last week. He actually only has one try assist and one try to his name. So he's still averaging around 90 odd, 90 odd points, 97, and yeah, hasn't really set the world on fire attacking wise. It's been his running game, I think. So watching him as a non-owner, it's slightly terrifying. For 100k more, we talked all about Nico Hines. Is Cam Munster the bigger player? Yeah, depending on your money situation, I think he's shown the season. Like he got a bit of a rev up uh, for obvious reasons in the off season. Mm-hmm. Um, tidied up his personal life a bit, and he's he's going great. Uh, he's traditionally not a massive ceiling guy. He was more of the high floor guy, um, mm-hmm. but he's showing so far that his ceiling's going up. So he he could be a great shout and maybe a pivot from Hines if you can't afford him or uh, want to anti-pot him or something. Yep. I mean, 22 tackles both games as well. I mean, that's that's pretty good. And we know he likes to run the ball. So you're balancing out a, a 35-40 baseline with a guy who we know can attack really well. He's had two line breaks, uh, three line break assists. He's had four offloads. He's had, geez, what's that, 15 tackle busts in the space of two weeks. Like the guy's running the ball, getting involved, I think ticking all the right boxes. For him, it's because he plays at 5'8 only, so he's sort of maybe uh, stuck there without flexibility. Um, but I don't know. For me, he's a guy that I've got my eye on. And if, for example, that Nico Hines goes through the roof and becomes unavoidable, a guy like Cam Munster um, moving in the same direction but at less of a, a pace, his price isn't going to be as high. So I don't know. He's a guy I'm keeping my eye on and, and looking at. But, yeah, I really liked what I've seen from him in a couple of weeks. Yeah, the only thing to watch is, um, and what's hit his scores previously, is sometimes with all the weapons in the storm, he can take a bit of a backward step and just let it play out. And this will be the first week where we've had him and Grant and Cheese and sort of guys actually in the pack. Um, not saying that's a red flag or anything, but just something to keep in mind maybe. Which uh, Ryan Hughes, Ryan yeah. Pappenhausen. Yeah. <laughs> there is a lot going on in that storm outfit. No, fair point. Uh, next one I had, a little from left field, he's made his first game back for the season, and that's Jordan Rappiner at uh, centre wing. I thought he was pretty handy in getting the Raiders over the line in that game at uh, Canberra last week. But uh, he's pretty highly priced, but a guy I think, I don't know, we can sleep on a little bit um, at times. 554k for him. He's owned by just 1%, obviously, given that he's only started in round three. But against the Titans, he's had... Uh, two tries that he didn't actually score himself i thought he was pretty brilliant out there uh are you keeping an eye on him i don't think he's a trading this week but is he a guy that you're closely watching um i actually didn't realize he scored so highly till you mentioned it just then um he's obviously a gun of the past he's like you said he's too highly priced to consider him now particularly after one game and the raiders have they they sort of look like dead on the floor and then had that massive resurgence so it's hard to get a gauge on where they're at as a team at the moment um but yeah definitely a name if he slips in price um we know he's got uh, a history of good scores he could be one to to bring in down the line yeah i just think there's not been a hell of a lot of big guns so far at center wing obviously brian toto getting injured um ruled him out jane gagai is doing great things so he's probably the main one yeah, I just think if you're going to partner a guy like um, Gagai or, or look at someone, a cheaper alternative, I thought Rapana's energy was great last week. So a guy I'm keeping a very close eye on, potentially as early as 
as round five. He does have the storm, but I think the Raiders turn up against them. So anyhow, just a guy, a name I'm throwing out. Um, Cam Murray, we spoke about him, people pivoting, a few people pivoting from Fafita to Murray. Um, he played a really good game last week. His minutes were ordinary in round one as an owner. Bounced back after a weird game off the bench in round two, 70-odd minutes. And then last week against the Roosters, he was uh, by far and away the best on the park. A lot of attacking stats. Is he a guy now that you've got to closely watch? I'm not sure if you're an owner or not. I'm not an owner. Um, first draft team mention of the season. I've got him in my <laughs> um, main draft side. So nice. very happy with that. Um yeah, I've got a big eye on him. Like, he got the captaincy in the offseason. Uh, his lower minutes in the first game, I think, is probably due to him coming off the same offseason uh, shoulder surgery as Nathan Cleary, but obviously he returned um, a little bit sooner. Uh, the game off the bench, I think they just wanted to play him without rest uh, for his full stint, without sort of coming on, going off, and coming back on again. Um, fantastic game against the Roosters. And after this week uh, against the Panthers, he's got Dragons, Bulldogs, Tigers, Manly, Broncos, Warriors, Raiders, Tigers again, Titans, <laughs> Dragon. So the draw through was... their whole year. Well, I, I planned to stop when I saw the next hard matchup, but uh, we kind of got in post yeah. buyers uh, by that stage. So um, the draw is outstanding after he gets mm. um, gets through this next one. So I reckon he's a big trading target um, from. Well, if you want to go this week, uh, I. Don't begrudge anyone. I, I probably wouldn't do Fafita to him. That feels a bit sideways. But if you've got someone else, maybe you're flipping for him. Um, yeah, the, he's playing great and he's that draws phenomenal. Yeah, the, the tackles have been there since the start. So 44 in the first couple of weeks, 40 last week. But for me, the runs last week were a great indicator of where he might be returning to. So he was pretty low involvement in the first couple of weeks, uh, just 12 points and 15 from hit-ups. But last week... Had uh, 12 runs altogether and pretty much all of them were profitable, a lot of bus offloads, the usual Cam Murray stuff. So that was what I was uh, keen to see. He does a lot of ball playing at the line, the gerbo sort of stuff, which is frustrating as an owner. But the more he takes it on direct and they take attack channeling through him and he's doing things with the ball in hand, the better the bunnies will be. And we saw that last week. So for me, I'm hoping it's a turnaround in the way that he gets involved. And when he can show that in a couple of, a week's in a row, tough one against Penrith this week, but I think uh, if he gets that running game back, he will be an absolute must. So for anyone non-owners, it's not uh, the end of the world if you don't get him in. He has a six break even. So yeah, he will go up in price. How much that is depends on how well they go against Penrith. But for me, keep an eye on his hit-up tally. If he's back to uh, where he was last week, he will be an absolute trade-in. And keep in mind, too, the last two games were against the Storm and the Roosters where he got 76 and 129, so two mm. pretty handy matchups, um, or two tough matchups, sorry, where he got pretty handy scores. Um, and then he's coming into an actual soft part of the draw. <laughs> well, he played the Broncos for 54. So. Yeah, defensive uh, juggernauts, mate. He's lucky to get uh, 54, I think. And then the last one I've got on my list here, started the year a little bit slowly, but Isaiah Papali, he's banging out eight, minutes at in the front row or 83 it was last week with Golden Point. He's doing great things out there. For me, the Haas and Isaiah Papali'i combination is probably now where I want to land. I did talk about TPJ last week. Um, could do him as go there as well, but uh, either him with Haas, uh, him or Isaiah Papali with Payne Haas is I think where we need to land. Uh, have you watched much of Paris game so far this season? Like Papali is still 
uh, performing like he did last year. Yeah, he still looks lively. Um, he's he played well in that trial game um, where he got a, at least one try that I remember. Uh, he looks like he's just sort of keeping on with it, which I think a lot of us didn't think he would. He got his new contract if it was off a career year. Um, all the signs were pointing to trap. Um, he the Eels do have that. They're still in their good draw. Um, yeah, I, I've been a bit surprised to be honest. Um, I didn't think he'd keep keep it up. Um, it, it Maddo being out, um, we haven't really seen a full rotation with him mm-hmm. and Maddo and Nathan Brown because obviously Brown was out at the start. Uh, they've got Sean Lane, who seems to be back in favour. Um, so there, yeah, there, there is a little bit to wait and see with Maddo back this week, uh, albeit off the bench. Um, but he's definitely just gotten on with it, hasn't he? Yeah, he certainly has. He's had one line break last week that bumped that score up. Otherwise, it was all offloads, busts, the usual Isaiah Papali'i stuff. So I think definitely keeping a close eye on him. 60 break even, so definitely not an urgent trade-in by any means at all, particularly given a 687k price tag. But I think uh, if he can string a few really good games together, as he did last week, I think he'll be a definite one to watch, particularly over that buy period. Uh, doesn't play the first one, but will play the second. He's an international. So definitely someone. It's front row is a tough position this year, as we've seen. So if he can get going, he'll be definitely worth a watch. All righty, next segment. Fun one. Traps are good. Are they actually good or are they just traps? And we should avoid them. We've got a couple of names down here, some really surprising ones. Nat Butcher, let's start with him. He played 80 minutes last week. Uh, we saw the week before that he came on from the bench. Scored two tries, and then uh, they've kept him at starting second row. He played pretty well in a well-beaten side last week. Um, Played 80 minutes. I think that was the big one for me. Uh, But Nat Butcher, what's your read on him longer term? Are they just punishing Angus Crichton for a pretty slow start to the year, or is Nat Butcher the way that they're going to go with? It's it's hard to say. Um, He is a good player, Um, He's always had wraps on him, so it's not like he's just sort of chucked in there for no reason. Um, he And he's showed that in the time he's got this year. Um, he's had some great scores. Uh, he got those couple of tries. Um, he's starting playing 80. I think the ghost of Crichton will linger on my mind if yeah. I brought him in because um, that could change again at any moment. Um, and I still don't, like, has it even come out what that reason was Crichton was benched? Where it's all just speculation, right? I can't recall seeing anything from Robbo or anyone saying a reason unless I've just missed it. But you'd have to think Crichton <laughs> could find his way back there at any That's stage, huge, even on game day. Hmm. Like they could just rotate him on game day as <laughs> as he did when uh, he started for the first time. But Yeah, it's a strange one. Like obviously with him there and the calibre of player that he is, it's a, a, you know, it's going to be tough to keep him out there. Butcher, if you look at his score last week, did have a line break in there, so bumped it up a little bit. But in a pretty well-beaten side, I thought uh, it was probably not their worst by a long way. So a guy who's got a negative 20 break even. I'm just having a look. He's got a fair few fans this week bringing him in. Um, a lot of that's due to that 112. I think it jumps up to 50 again the following week, and he's already yep. made 60K. So I think, you've, I think you've maybe missed the boat on him unless he does go on and just plays 80 on the edge for the rest of the season, but it's a bit hard to say at this stage if that's going to happen. He's got one trade out for Ben Trebojevic. Bold. 
don't, I don't know what's going on there. I love seeing these things sometimes. Weird so decisions. someone's got him. Yes, with whatever him with whatever Nostradamus foresight on that, and now they're trading him. At, oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I think someone's mate's got in the hold of their mate's supercoach side. But there you go, Ben Turbo tr- bringing him in for Nat Butcher with that negative break. Even that could sting. Um, all right, I think safe to say there's a lot there to suggest trap. So if you haven't got him last week, maybe not worth again this time around. Uh, Tom Dearden, here's a name I did not expect to see in the uh, trade-ins, very highly traded in player. He started the year on fire, never really been a super coach option before, uh, particularly not last year, tough start to his Cowboys career. But he's so heavily involved out there. It's um, nice to see as a Cowboys fan, but he suddenly got confidence and uh, a lot going through his hands with the Chad steering it mainly through kicking. So big break even this negative break even this week. Um longer term, is he really are we just, you know, jumping on the hype train or are the Cowboys gonna make the grand final? I should just book my tickets now. Mate, if you think they're gonna make the grand final, you definitely just book That was my grand final last week. I'll take it and the season can go to shit from here, but there you go. Beating the Broncos at Suncourt, giddy up. Yep, that was painful. Um, he's still young, so it's hard to say if he's just in a purple patch or if he is actually coming into his own. And he's still like, for as much as he feels like he's been around, he hasn't, I don't think he's played a huge amount of first grade games because when he was at the Broncos, he was, they were, they were chopping the halves like every week, basically. So mm. he would sort of play a game, then he'd get dropped, then he'd like play again for a couple of games in a few weeks. So he never had consistency to actually develop as a first grade player. Um, so it's hard to say if we're just seeing that, if he's going, all right, I've got my chance now. I've got the confidence of the team and the coach. This is my game. And I had a lot of hype around him when he was with the Broncos before he started. Um, he was always a promising young player. And then I think he wasn't used correctly or like it, the halves pairings just weren't handled correctly. Um, in any I don't worry, man. We read it. I read out the hype that I was finding in the WhatsApp group last week on the podcast. I found Wenon in, I think, 2019, calling Croft and Deard in the future at the Ooh. Broncos in the halves. So there you go. Nostradamus, Wenon. That's, that's a take. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Hot take. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Deard with that huge negative break even as he's, he's made 90K already. So you're buying him at a premium last week seemed to be the way to go. Not a lot of people did, but... Um, for a guy that's got 100 rolling in his average for a couple of weeks now, wouldn't be the worst play just to make some quick cash. And I think he's you know, banking decent enough points out there and being involved that it's not gonna be, he's not going to throw up a 20, I don't think, famous last words. <laughs> yeah, there's there's the curse right there. I think he's a stepping stone guy. I don't think he will maintain oh, what he's doing. Yeah. But if you got, I don't know, someone leaking cash and you want to use him and just make a jump to a monster or a... High, well, Heinz is going up in price anyway, and Munster probably will too, but you can see where I'm going with this, like using him as a stepping stone to one of those guns, or maybe you want to bank a bit of cash and then maybe flip him to a Cody Walker when he bottoms out and that drawer opens up, like I mentioned before, maybe that's a play. Uh, if you don't already have um, Munster or like even a Dylan Brown or someone like that, um, yeah, yeah the, there's definitely a play where that works out for you. Here's one for you. I uh, didn't throw it on the run sheet, but Tom Starling in for Chris Randall. Would you make that trade? Potentially. Oh, actually, having watched Wilf's um, just gamut of emotions, watching oh, Starling man. get benched and then he was on like absolutely nothing for half the game and ended up on 70. That was absolute scenes uh, for, for Wilf. 
Um, would you go from Randall to Starling? 108K is the jump up there. Okay. Randall's, I don't think anyone expected him to be a world beater, but he's not produced much. Um, it feels like a luxury yeah. trade though, like to me. It feels like the kind of trade where you've nailed every other part of your team. You could maybe think about that. Um, I know I've got like, bigger problems. Randall's minute, 63, 69, Lil, and 59. Like, that's good time on the field. Um, again, just base output's not great, but he's yeah, not the, losing any cash. Yeah, the PPM's not great. And they, they've been doing well too, so it's not like they've just been well beaten. But I guess he might have less tackles if they've got ball in hand a lot and he's just mm. sort of shoveling. Um, yeah, I... Um, I mean, yeah, it's not yeah. a hugely popular move. I've just seen a few bits and pieces talking about him. So for me anyway, I think Chris Randall is a cheap enough guy. Park him on your uh, reserve hooker and, you know, hopefully you've got a Harry Grant or someone in there that's banking you pretty big points. But um, otherwise, I mean, that's one for the pod hunters. I think that Tom Starling stuff. So leave yeah. that to Wilf to ride that emotional roller coaster. Yeah. <laughs> At least Randall's getting the starting spot every week. So there you go. Uh, final one on the list, Teague Wilton. Big start to his year, courtesy of Nico Hines. Back at starting second row. Uh, negative break even for him, but with Wade Graham looming, I think in round six, uh, not worth jumping on? No, probably not at 427K. Um, if he hadn't missed that, I think missing that week was big because that's one less price rise you're going to get out of him. And they had on um, they had on the Channel 9 coverage last week, I think they said he was three weeks away. So obviously two now with that one, I assume, mm. being one of, one of the weeks. Um, so he'll definitely go up in price, but you'll have to get rid of him right away. And it just, like, I'm just looking at his projected price rises. If you get two games out of him, he'll go up by about 100. So not bad, but again, that value of the trade this season, like, is it worth trading him in? We'll assume you don't have him. So are you going to trade him in? get 100K and then trade him out again, two trades for 100K, probably not. It'd be an interesting one if Britton Nakora was the one to make way. He's probably not started as well as uh, Wilton, at least from a super coach perspective. But uh, again, they're both pushing out 80 minutes in the games that they've started this year. So I think Wade Graham plays on his side anyway. Uh, that's Wilton. So he, you suspect would be the one to, to move to the yeah. bench. but. Yeah, um, you've you got to do it this week, and that's a big risk to say that potentially Nakora drops out, I think, uh, for you to bring him in this week. Yeah, certainly is. So uh, a lot of traps there. I think definitely worth holding fire if you were looking to go that sort of route. Finally, mate, to round out the pod, uh, we'll talk about captains, and one we don't often talk about, but one that's quite important because getting them right means, uh, yeah, a, a lot in the context. But uh, that's reserves. Maybe we start with captains. Um, I'll rattle mine off for now. Toby Sexton, first game of the round against the Tigers. Pending weather, uh, just had a look before on the Goldie, what it's likely to be, and they've got sunshine on Thursday. Been a pretty torrential couple of days of rain, though, so hopefully the field holds up. But uh, looking forward to seeing what Toby can do there. Easy VC. And then for me, it's... Brian Pappenhausen again went in last week and I think the Storm will be angry as they always are at having lost uh, the way that they did. And I can see big things coming from Pappy this week against the Dogs, who admittedly have been a lot better than we expected. Uh, They're grinding teams into the dirt. 
Uh, didn't quite work out last week against um, the Manly side who finally got a win. But for me, I'm going to go Pappenhausen down in Melbourne. I expect a pretty big game from them. Uh, who are you going? Yeah, I think I'll. I don't have Sexton, but I'll. If I, I'm mostly most likely going to bring him in. Um, I reckon VC Hines uh, against Newcastle um, Friday night game. I haven't looked at the weather. Um, I could also look at in that Titans game if I want a VC for feeder and just hope he goes big. Um, all right, all right, the Fafita play. So that could be a good shout and. Yeah, I, I think I think either if you've got Pappy or Tedesco, both have pretty good matchups. Teddy's got um, the cows. Sorry, JT. Um, <laughs> and then yeah, Storm have the Bulldogs. Bulldogs have looked better. Um, they played both of our teams, and then Manly, who's been going pretty poorly. So I don't think they've seen anyone with the caliber of the Storm outfit. So um, hard to project if that'll hold over. But I think either a good shout and probably leading um. Pappy, based on he had a good game last week, and the Roosters have still looked pretty clunky. Um, so I think, yeah, for me, either VC uh, for feeder or Hines, and then Captain um, Pappy. Just having a look at weather. So Sydney looks pretty rainy for the next basically week and a bit, classic Sydney. And then Melbourne, only rainy really on Sunday, which is the day that the Storm play. So, I mean, it doesn't look dire at this stage. But, um, again, choppy weather doesn't you know completely dispel people. We saw that with friggin' Nico Hines last week. But um, anyway, I think uh, definitely worth some guy in those games. There's a lot of good matchups, I think. Um, or at least they were last season. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, finally, reserves, mate. I don't know if you've had a, a close watch on your reserves, but I will test you with them this week. Um, really, it's finding what some in centre wing and in, in second row. I think that's where a lot of people are playing. Um, I think we've basically scrapped out Chris Randall. Would you be playing a guy like... Brad Schneider, given how well he played last week. He's got Manly this week, but, you know, is, is he worth a sneaky reserve? I think so. I um I had the reserve on him last week and he rewarded me with 79. Um, Manly haven't looked great by any stretch of the imagination. He's kicking goals. He's averaging 62. Um, he's got the upside that maybe a plotter front row or second row forward might not have, depending on who you've got. Um, I'll, I'll probably lock him in. And I'm playing Tuolungi at this stage. I've got the last reserve on him. But the other guys I don't have it on that I'm considering, Pedahiku, Amone, and Penasini, who all scored uh, less than 28 points last week. Hiku, <laughs> that was a painful one. But anyway, uh, so, I mean, how do you rate that? I'll just ask you up front. Would you be moving it to a centre wing or just keeping it on Tuolungi, who's looked good, but scores haven't translated yet? Yeah, um, they got Starting. the time. Um, yeah, I, I reckon he's a start against the Titans. We know they got the win. No, they got run down. They look good at the start and then got run down. They've been winning a couple of games, but they're leaking a heap of points in all these mm. games. So um, I reckon he could be a decent upside shout if you have to do one of those. Um, Panasini's uh, not set the world on fire. He's averaging 39, which is... Okay for a cheapy centre wing, but I think a lot of us are starting him, so I'd be a little bit concerned about that. Um, I've been keeping Billy Smith on my bench, but I'm probably going to bring him in and not yep, play Panasini. Amone, yep. um, I can't go near <laughs> at the moment, but I'm not going to trade him out, but I can't touch him. Um, so I think those are some pretty decent shouts to Alungi, Schneider, um, Smith. I, I guess it depends who people have got, but I'm looking at those guys this week for sure. We'll get them wrong at the centre wing anyway, regardless. We always do. 
right? You pick the guy that scored well last week and bench the guy that didn't, and then it just reverses. Classic center wing. Uh, but anyway, any last-minute uh, calls that you're trying to make? Um, I'm pretty set on my trades, and I think, base, yeah, nothing too crazy this week. I think it's going to be a pretty straightforward one for me, to be honest. That sounds great. Uh, all good, Stasi. Yeah, I think we're there. It's been an uh, hour-long pod. Thank you for coming on at late notice. Uh, appreciate that, and appreciate all the work you constantly do for uh, us on Twitter there, making sure that we're well-informed with all the late mail. We could not play this game without guys like you. So I'm sure you've heard it all before, but thank you very much for your service, champ. No dramas, mate. Love doing it. Thanks for the <laughs> last-minute champ. <laughs> I thought I'd just level it out. I, kind of, I started talking before I registered. You'd slipped it in there, and I've just sort of <laughs> gone past it. I don't know. Oh, good, mate. Uh, as always, if you're keen to throw up some trade advice, head over to nrlsupercoachtalk.com. Actually, it's a hive of activity at the moment. Big trading week. Plenty of chat to get through. People more knowledgeable than us. There you go. Get along to the site and get amongst it. Thank you, Stylesy. And, yeah, we'll hear from you over the next couple of days. Yep, sounds good, mate. Giddy up, go the Cowboys. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.